We are live. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. I'm your host. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm here with my co-host, my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill Cannon. What's up, Bill? Glad to be here, as always. You know, it's uh, it's just, you know, there's some sad things happening that, that we'll talk about, but uh, it's going to be a great show anyway. Yeah, we're excited about our guest. Um, every once in a while, we have a great recommendation. Um, we got a recommendation from a retired NYPD inspector, Joe Reek. Uh, he asked us to uh, this. Uh, he said our next guest might be a, a great guy for the show. We took the time out to look it up. And sure enough, he is. Um, he's the founder of Leo slash only dot org, law enforcement only dot org. He's an active Pennsylvania state trooper. Welcome, Sergeant Craig Poland. What's up? How are Not you? much. Good, good. Real good. Thanks Welcome, Craig. It's, it's great great to have you here. You know, it's funny that uh, we just had uh, Back the Blue, North Carolina, which is a similar organization to what you do. Great people. It's great to meet cops from all over the world. You know, it's really it's really great. Yes. But before we started the show tonight, we wanted to pay our respect to um, Chicago police officer Ella French whose life was cut short and taken in the line of duty. She died Saturday night. Um, it was a car stop and um, she got shot, killed, and uh, and her, uh, her partner is still in, still in the hospital, still in ICU. You know, I, I pulled this poem off of um, Craig's site and I thought it was apropos and I'm gonna read it if people don't mind. The policewoman through the call of duty of intuition led the crime detective faces the world, it is said. Guardian of the peace, overseer of plate, prepared to stand by to give aid, defend or fight. Might the prayers of the world patrol and light her way safely home to her family. May she return each day with dedication to her work. To see a justice done, she becomes society's shepherd, a brave and selfless one. That's a unknown poet that, uh, that wrote that, which is apropos, I think. I just want, you know, we, we uh, have the uh, recording of the dispatcher of to this job. And in my 27 years of policing, I've never, ever heard a more professional job done by uh, the dispatcher and the Chicago police officers. It was just, it's just an incredible thing. It's, it's tough to listen to. And I'm just going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to play half of it. And you can just, it's its shocking. And you know how the news always says, oh, this is shocking. But this is what cops go through. And this is the real, real uh, recording of what happened. So I'm going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to play it right now. Hey, I guess people can't see anything. Nothing's coming up on that. Set up eastbound 63, eastbound 63, take it down to Western, take it down to Western. All traffic eastbound 63 to Western, we're taking it to UFC for the 10 1 2 officer shot. One officer is going to Holy Cross. Far with one, we have an officer in our car, we're going to uh, UFC with him. We're going down 63rd to uh, state, state to 5555 over. Listen to the officer. Officer's going to Holy Cross. That's not a trauma center. We got to get them to a trauma center, guys. Take them to UFC. They're a trauma center. Go to UFC. Don't go to Holy Cross. It's not a trauma center. Take them both to UFC for now. UFC. Approaching 6-3 in Halstead now. 6-3 in Halstead. We're going to UFC. Take both officers to five seven Maryland, guys. That's a trauma center. We called both the we called the hospital UFC. They got two officers coming in. Go to UFC. And stop the traffic coming from Damon and Webster. It needs to be brought. Six three eastbound, eastbound six three. I want Damon and Western blocked. All units six three, Damon and Western blocked. We're going to UFC. Come on, talk. To I got an ambulance in here. Do we need them still? Listen to me, guys. Stay off the air. Whoever had the officers, you're talking. That's it. Stay off the air. Give them what the officers talk. Let's tell you what. We got the officer. We're on up at 5 nine right now. 10-4. 10-4. 3 
gotcha, guys. Just call out the locations of where you're at. UFC is notifying. Okay, 6-3 in Nashville, and now they're going to be... Come now. Now we're going to make a right on 5-5. Five five. All right, go on. You're at 5-5, five five, then east to west. East. They're going east off 5-5 five five now from Nashville. What's the defense Yeah, 10-4. Hey, now. Guys, take Garfield and take an eastbound. Eastbound on Garfield. Give us a 10-1. 5 right now. Give us a to the right. To the 10 1. We're going to USC Hospital now, going eastbound 55th off of Western, 5 5 eastbound and Western. Block all streets. All right, you guys at the air. 731, what's the condition of the. Stand by. 731, what's the condition? After partner Rap, PO Rap, he's with them. PO Rap, PO Rap, what's the condition of the officer in your vehicle? He's talking right now, squad. Okay, 10 4. Whoever has my other officer, what's the condition, guys? He's not responsive. He's unconscious. He's looking blue from the face. I'm, I'm heading right now. North on 63 in Halston. About to take 55th down to east. Just go to Alright, 10 4. We got him going, guys. Squad, where's that car at? Where is the car at with this officer? Squad. Okay, UFC 10 4. Both deals in one car or are they in separate cars? They're in separate cars, guys. Just stay off the air, please. Stay off the air. 10 4, going into UFC. Very good. Open the uh, entrance to UFC. 10 4, opening entrance to UFC. 10 4. To listen to, huh? Yeah, the, that was the second part of that. The first part of that is what the actual uh, incident going down. That was that. I thank God he didn't play that because uh, anybody wants to listen to that, it's it's available, but it's um, it's it's a tough. It's it's so hard to listen to that without breaking down. You know, Craig. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about, and sometimes we get criticized for um, talking politics and policing, but it's impossible to talk about policing without mentioning politics. And Chicago is probably the most violent city in the entire USA and has almost a worse mayor than New York City. This uh, yeah. light this Lightfoot is horrendous. And I know that I, uh, I read something where the 
the officer, the male officer who was shot in a critical condition of his father ripped into her at the hospital. And cops all turned their back on her, much like they did in New York City to de Blasio. She's a very anti-cop mayor. And, you know, when these tragedies occur, we, you know, we feel it no, no matter where, in whatever city, you know, or brotherhood. And it's a horrendous thing. And she can't now act like she cares about the police, you know? Yeah, I read somewhere that she had actually got on the officers for being in their hospital without masks on. Like, yeah, this is the time to get into that, you know? Yeah. Hey, can we go into a little bit about what brought you here tonight? Um, apparently, so you had a, a page on Facebook. Yes. We're trying to promote something. We talked about this last week, Bill and I, with our guest, uh, about how, I don't know whether it's, it's, it's censoring, whether they just want you to use, <clears throat> I'll ask you that later, but you were trying to promote something and you were getting, um, you, you weren't getting the reach that you thought you'd get, right? Well, we actually got completely shut down for an extended period of time um, <clears throat> because of we allow stories that they haven't verified. And we've been completely shut down with our Facebook page. So I've actually went out and we've started our own social media app to avoid Facebook as much as possible. It's just starting to get out there. But what we're doing is we met with Brotherhood for the Fall in New York and a couple other nonprofits that we work well with that we've gotten awards from that we have good friends that, that, that are in those organizations and we've given them their own page on our new social media so they can not be censored either. There's a $15 a year fee, but it's giving you your own home and you're not worried about the censoring and you you don't have the Facebook overlook because we're actually, we've had members, we have over 38,000 members worldwide and we are now being removed from their feeds and they can't see what we're doing. They can't have discussions. <clears throat> and we've saved somewhere in the area that I know of personally, at least 25 officers from suicide with our page because officers have been able to come in there and say, I'm having a dark day from the bottom of a bottle. And people have reached out and actually helped them get through what they're going through, driving and having, sitting down and having dinner, or they've reached out in the middle of the night. I had a guy reach out to me. I just came off the ice playing hockey the other night. And somebody reached out to me and was having a bad night at home. I'm glad guys have that because I started this group because of my best friend who followed me into law enforcement, into the state police who committed suicide. And <clears throat> my dad's church took care of their Christmas. And I got thinking about two things. I said, one, why is the church taking care of Christmas? This is our job. These are our people. We should be taking care of this family. Then the other thing was, <clears throat> let's start a Facebook page, give guys a place to talk, a place to vent. I mean, I go on these like police one and these things. There's nothing wrong with them. But the civilians come in there and start hammering you on a post. You put something up and you're hammered by these guys giving you a bag of crap about what you're talking about. And nobody sees things like we see. And we needed a place where we could go and have a have a conversation without somebody telling us what we can't do. Well, now Facebook has gone and done that. So that's why the app, the Lodge app, has been started to try to give nonprofits a place to go allow us to push notification to tell people events are coming up and not worry about the censorship. So hopefully the app takes off. It's right now just under a thousand people, but we'll see where it goes. <clears throat> I'll join up. Uh, Bill and I will join up tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, what, we've what we've done is you can also do live feeds. We've got, as we're giving everybody their own page, you want your own page, people join, you control your page. So so far so good. Greg, I just posted it in a live chat, the address for your website. So hopefully a lot of our uh, subscribers will subscribe to law enforcement only. It's such an important thing to have and to have police supporting each other because the public doesn't always do it. You know, there's, yeah. this was the toughest two years, the last two years in the history of probably the police department. Maybe some would disagree with me. We have Lieutenant Pranzo here, a former street crime lieutenant, 3-2 lieutenant. And he said, you know, back in 1969 and 70, when they had all of those um, liberation groups assassinating police, he would say that was the toughest times. But the last two years were pretty tough for law enforcement. Yes, I agree. It has been. <clears throat> Did you guys, um, on, the, on, the, uh, on the Facebook, when you were sharing or trying to share your events, did you ever use the promote button and, and hit that? 
The issue we run into is we have a small games of chance from Pennsylvania and raffles. They do Facebook will shut you down if you try to raffle, use raffle, guns. We do a lot of gun raffles. We have a year-long calendar raffle where we sell a ticket for 25 bucks and you get you win a gun a day. We use the PA pick four lottery at night, and we've done well, but they censored us on that. You use the word gun, you use the word we started using pew pew. We've used every word to get around there. <laughs> And now they keep tagging it. Now they've even taken as far as if we post a flyer and it's got a gun on it, it's catching it somehow. So they, they've done everything just to hammer us and said we were completely shut down. Luckily, a buddy of mine's a lieutenant, New Jersey State Police. He knew somebody that retired from New Jersey that was with Facebook and was able to get our page back up because we were down for, you know, it was tough being down that long. <clears throat> It's That's crazy that they censored you like that. I, I know that, you know, uh, we're, we're obviously on YouTube, but you have to know what you can and can't do on YouTube because you could also, uh, you know, the algorithm will s shut certain things down. So you can't, you can't have like crazy violence. Like if we would have uh, do a show about the, the shootings in Chicago, they wouldn't really put, push that out there. You know, yeah, I saw I saw Dan Don Gino talking the other day that they were starting to censor him pretty heavy on YouTube, and I was surprised because I mean his show's not. I don't see anything wrong with it, but I guess because of his right side approach, he gets some he, some hate hate. I guess. Yeah, and, and I don't know if there's enough of the uh, sites that would share everything um, out there that you know that should be out there. I don't know yeah. why anyone's getting censored, but that's. Slowly, it is happening. slowly, these other places are starting to trickle in. Something will catch on and move to the top. You yeah. Know, uh, is it created yet? I don't know. But everybody's trying to, to do something, uh, I guess you could say, for the conservative side, uh, maybe for law enforcement, whatever. The two of those will, will com uh, consolidate. But I think eventually something's going to catch on where it's going to be like, the the red Facebook, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, until then, we you, sites like yours, Back to Blue, North Carolina, you know, Blue Lives Matter, and in, in New York City, and these cop sites, they have to take the ball and run with it because yeah. we have to protect our own people. We have to do something for our own people. There's your site, www.leo-only.org. I'll just read it because it's our primary mission is to raise funds to. Um, Take the children of injured, fallen brothers and sisters on holiday shopping sprees. We need to ensure that these children who have already suffered the great losses will not be left behind during the holidays. Law enforcement only is a 501c3 charitable organization. That's great. Yes, I, give you, I can give you a quick background on what we've done with that. So we started in 2013 with our Facebook page. And um, <clears throat> well, I was lay, we started looking and we saw some people starting to ask for help after my, my best friend who committed suicide. And we started doing Christmas shopping sprees. First year we did 23 kids. And then we've expanded from there. And we've done over 1,500 kids Christmas shopping. And even to the point that, um, remember when Puerto Rico had their hurricane come through and destroy them, <clears throat> we had got, somebody had reached out to us and said, hey, there's a lot of kids down here that have parents that are police officers. So I flew my dad and another friend down to uh, Puerto Rico. And it was funny, we put it out to their chiefs of police down there and said, hey, we're going to come down, we're going to do Christmas. Well, one thought it was a scam, one didn't. Well, the one who didn't was also telling them it was a scam. I think it was some kind of internal battle over who was going to get what. Right. So figured on doing 200 kids. <clears throat> and I flew my dad down. He said the first day they showed up, they had about 50 kids, 60 kids. And the next day he called me and he goes, I just pulled in and I don't know what to do. I said, what's going on? He said, their kids are wrapped around the corner of the building. The word from the, the other police department got out that, hey, there is somebody here to help us, and they're here to take us Christmas shopping. So he said, what do you want me to do? And I said, don't turn anybody away. We have never turned anybody away for Christmas. If you're under 17, we will take you Christmas shopping. If, you, if your families, if you're hurt on duty or off duty, your parent, your mother or father killed, we don't care. We, I didn't want it to be exempt from people, you know, suicide or off-duty injury or whatever. So he took care of all of them Christmas shopping down there, and, and we ended up chopping the money down because he only took so much with them, down to 100 bucks a kid. But we saw a different lifestyle down there. $100 was a lot of money. And 
Then when we had the fires in Colorado, I mean, in uh, <clears throat> California, I flew my dad and a friend out there to take police officers, kids in California, Christmas shopping. So we've done quite a bit around the world. We're looking to hopefully do at least another hundred this year. They said we have never told anybody no. We have looked into this couple that have said, eh, we don't know if you really need it because the story didn't match up. So we do do our due diligence on making sure the right kids are taken. Um, then we've also last year, we've done two years of college scholarships now for the kids 17 or older. And we awarded three yesterday. Or we just picked our three from yesterday and they get $2,000 a year for each year for four years of college. So that's going to start to really add up because we're not going to stop giving it to them. And next year, we'll add four more, three more, and three more, and three more. So we're going to quickly tie up some money next couple of years. That's why our gun raffle and our, our other raffles we run are very important. Um, we've also, we had a uh, New Jersey trooper was killed off duty. We went out, we drove out there and paid for his funeral um, because his family couldn't afford it. We've also bought a special needs bikes for special need bike for two kids. We've paid for a dog for an autistic child. We've pretty much done anything we've been asked to step up and do. We had a, a PA trooper. His daughter has a major medical condition and they were looking for uh, AEDs and the insurance would not cover AEDs for the kids. So we did a quick fundraiser. We were at Knobles, which is a big park over uh, more towards East Pennsylvania. And I put it out on Facebook. I was like, hey, guys, we got something. I got to need your help. By the time we sat down to eat, we had raised over $3,000 just in that quick of a period of time. The guys in the group jump up quick. So then I also get a phone call and a buddy of mine calls me and he goes, hey, uh, I have an AED that I had awarded to us on a, on a grant. Can I give it to you? So we gave him, we got him two AEDs. We mailed them the rest of the money to make sure they could get back and forth to any facility they needed to for treatment. And we've, the group has done a lot. And I can't say enough about my dad who has stepped up. He actually took our store. I had it in my basement, took over his whole garage and we don't pay rent. We, we pay for the fuel at the building and that is it right now. But he turned over his whole garage into a um, storefront for Elio only. We both used our vehicles. I dropped the transmission in my Tahoe driving back and forth to D.C. with a trailer. Had to go buy a new vehicle. My dad just dropped his Tahoe transmission dragging our trailers around. So, you know, does it affect us? Yes. But at the same point, when I get the phone calls or the messages that we saved somebody's life from suicide or I get those Christmas cards after Christmas or the videos of kids crying because they got Christmas. And there's been parents we've called and I've had moms tell me flat out. We already told the kids there were no Christmas this year. And I said, yes, there will be. And the reason why we chose Christmas is we've had families call say, hey, can we pay for our kids' schooling? No. You pay the bills, we take care of Christmas. The kids always get forgotten. So we've always made it Christmas. We've stuck on that solid line. We're not going to pay for your kids' schooling. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. But your kids get $300, $350 to $400 to spend on Christmas, which is normally more than most kids get to spend. We're going to get yeah, absolutely. It's like impressive for them. I used to get coal in my stocking. <laughs> I got a brick one year. <laughs> but hey, that you know something it's fantastic. I, I know the SPA goes out on Christmas morning and just delivers presents to kids' houses. Not cops kids, poor kids, you know. Yeah. And that's an amazing thing too. And, and that's how we take them. We take them shopping. We meet them at the store and we say, "What store do you want to go to? Get whatever you want. We're paying the bill." And we've had some go over. And we've had the people who are taking these Christmas shopping step up on their own and say, you know what? They went over. I got it. So right. it has been impressive. And, and the nice thing is we get our members involved. I, we have Christmas shopping sprees. We get nominations all year. Then I put it out and I say, hey, I need somebody in New York City here. I need somebody in New Jersey here. We let our members take them Christmas shopping. I want them to see the kids smile and what they've done as a group. I go to if it's local, but other than that, I let our members go. I let our members enjoy this thing, this too. Hey, you, know what I, you know what I used to do? I used to go to uh, the post office right there in, in New York City because, you know, we're in New York. And that's where all the letters to Santa come. And every <laughs> year I used to go there and I used to like go because there's like a whole, it's like a whole big bin. And you could just sift through the letters and pick out the one you want. 
And I got to tell you, a lot of these kids are greedy. You know, they always wanted these PlayStations and stuff like that. I always used to pick the kid that wanted like three pencils and a, and a notebook for school. <laughs> you yeah. know, folks, I, it's so touching to see in the chat. There's people here from Australia, from England, from Kentucky, from all different parts of the world. And, you know, we're, it's great to see that Police Off the Cuff is international. In fact, I want to show you this. A cop from London uh, his name is Andy Foley. He sent this to Mark and I with that note. Uh, he's, a, he's the equivalent of a transit cop in London. And Andy Foley, thank you so much. I will definitely, I don't know when I'm going to get to see Mark to give him his half of this stuff, but if I don't see him, I'll just keep it all myself. But thank you so much. It's really Buffy. Cops love to get Buffy stuff like this. And uh, And if I do get to London, I'm not just drinking one pint with you. I'm going to drink numerous pints. Thank you so much, Andy Foley. It's it's amazing the brotherhood. You know, it's all and we have people coming to the chat from all over the world, and they're always touched by, um, you know, cops are cops no matter where they're from. That's for sure. You know. And I'll tell you one thing, Craig. You look like a pretty mean dude, man. I'm glad I, I'm glad I don't play hockey, man. Look at this guy. You know, he's uh, he's checking people against the boards and getting in fights, right? <laughs> yeah, now, every once in a while, but you know, yeah, I mean, I love playing, and now I've actually picked up and started coaching my kids hockey this year. They're at that age, and my little one, his uh, name's Brecken, and they he got the nickname at school, Brecken Ball, the Wrecken Ball. <laughs> That's I finally name. had to tell him he couldn't just cross check everybody on the ice. He had to go try to get the puck without laying somebody out. That's good. They were, in the, they were in the corner one day, and his buddy, his buddy plays with flipped the bumped them and I see them wrestling in the corner and practice. And I'm like, uh, oh, here we go. But well, as um, they say, the apple doesn't fall, fall too far from the tree there, you know? Yep. I agree. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question. At what age do you show them the movie Slapshot? I'm not, I, you know what? I'm, you're going to, you're going to freak. I've never seen the whole thing. Are you kidding me? I'm a young blood fan. I like young blood. Great All right. You got to see Slapshot. I do. Every time I start to watch it, something comes up and I can't finish. It's right here in Johnstown, Pennsylvania is where it happened, which is only an hour and a half for me. Oh, really? That's so interesting. That's where, that's, that's where that team was based. That's yes, where was I played on that movie. rink. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So, yeah. Well, those the Hanson brothers is uh, uh, what I was thinking about when you were talking about your son. Well, you actually, know, I played, I, I, we, we had a tournament in Altoona, and I took one of the Hanson brothers' kids with me to the tournament. And the closest game we had was eight to two. We smoked every, and he really, was, oh yeah, real good player. That's back when I was younger and was in real good shape. <laughs> uh, well, we're up against the break right now, but when we come back, we're going to um, we're going to get a little bit into your career and find out what is it that you actually do up there and where you work and stuff like that. Sure. Hey, what's up? Uh, listen, everybody. Um, if, especially if you're in the East Coast like me and you're thinking about making a move, you're not happy with what's going on here, why not give a thought to uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina? I heard it's a beautiful life down there. And one of our sponsors, Carol Waters, she's a realtor in uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. She lived up here. Uh, she worked in the Bronx mm -hmm. at one of the best restaurants. Uh, she was up here for a long time, and then she made a move with her husband, Rob Mayen. He was a, a, a New York City police officer that, w that went on to the fire department. And the two of them out there are selling real estate and they're doing a great job with it. Um, so if you're thinking about making the move, I'm thinking about it. Check out Carol Waters Sells MB, MB, Mary Boy at gmail.com. The phone number there is 914-261-6681. Um, and trust me, South Carolina sounds beautiful to me. And if you're going to move down there, you couldn't be in better hands than uh, having Carol, uh, Carol Waters help you. Joe Murray, what can I say about him? He's a frequent guest on the show. He's a retired NYPD police officer who became a lawyer while on the job. And he, not only is he a gentleman, but he's the guy that you want on your side. God forbid you get into trouble with the law. So take this uh, email down, Jay Murray. M-U-R-R-A-Y-Law.com, and his phone number is 646-838-1702. Keep that on you at all times, because if you're like me, you never know what's going to happen. Once the party <laughs> starts, I don't know where I'm going to end up. And uh, I got Joe Murray on speed dial. 
Folks, Michael O'Keefe is a retired NYPD first grade detective and the author of three novels, Shot to Pieces, A Reckoning in Brooklyn, and Burnt to a Crisp. You can order his books on Amazon.com or his website, michaelokeefeauthor.com. I've read all three books. They're fantastic. Michael O'Keefe is sort of famous for being the uh, 3-4 Precinct police officer who got in a gunfight with a drug dealer named Michael O'Keefe in 1992. That gunfight and the fact that Michael O'Keefe was the victor of that gunfight caused the Washington Heights riots because of misinformation that got out there. Anyway, Shot to Pieces is somewhat autobiographical in regards to that. And I, rec- I recommend all three of his novels. You can order them on Amazon.com or his website, michaelokeefeauthor.com. Police Coffee is an officer-owned business dedicated to crafting, crafting the finest coffees and blends. And it'll provide you with the freshest coffee available. Each batch is roasted fresh by people who know what it means to stay vigilant. And our specialty coffees do not waste one drop when flavor is concerned. Our coffee some of the best you'll find, but it also helps uh, serve an important cause, giving back to our community. 50% of the profits goes towards helping family members of police officers who fell in the line of duty. To order coffee and related products, just go on their website, policecoffee.com. It's that easy. There are over seven types of coffee to choose from. 50% of the profits go to officers' families in need. For a 10% discount, use code OTC10. That's off the cuff 10. So policecoffee.com, that's how you can order it. All right. Perfect timing, Craig. You're back just as we finished. (laughs) But let me start. I saw somebody in chat think that's a Rangers jersey. That's a Capitals jersey. Don't Uh know. I know I'm going to have some people. I know they're going to have some hate now. (laughs) Not a Tom Wilson jersey, but it is a Capitals jersey. So uh, let me ask you, so you, you, you're from Pennsylvania? That's where you grew up? I was born and raised just uh, – We I was born in, in Waterf, Maryland, which is south of Washington, D.C. And then we uh, moved up to Pennsylvania in 1990. Um, give you a quick backstory there. That's where Brotherhood came from. Uh, my dad's a retired D.C. police officer. And um, when we were little, a couple guys my dad arrested burned our house down. and. Wow. Um, we had one of our neighbors was a PG County police officer actually went in the house and found my sister who was hiding in the house during the fire. And, um, DC police department took over, came in and told Maryland state, this is ours. And Maryland tried to say it's our area. And DC said, it's our guy. So, I mean, living through that and then leaving Maryland and DC area to come up here, it was, it was a rougher life, you know, dad in DC and working during the eighties was it's tough. So when we moved up here, it's quiet, central Pennsylvania, not much going on. And it was it was a shock for me. I mean, the first time I thought these guys, kids were going to carry engines around with them. I didn't know what redneck country was. Well, found out real quick what <laughs> redneck country was. You know, Craig, I'm hearing that Michael O'Keefe, who I just read the, uh, the ad for, who has those three novels, it says he's a very active member of law enforcement only. So I yeah. just thought I'd, I thought I'd let you know that Mike's a great guy. I uh, I talk to him quite often, and he's a very prolific writer, and yeah. uh, he's a hell of a guy. So I just wanted to, and uh, I just wanted to mention that. And also, we we got we did get a um, Matthew Koss. Thank you for that four ninety nine super chat. Mm-hmm. Always appreciated. You know, one of the things you mentioned on your website, and it's a huge problem in law enforcement, and we've done numerous shows on it. And we'll do numerous more shows on it, and that's police suicide, and. We all know that uh, not enough is done in that realm. More is being done, but mm-hmm. police departments recognize it as such a huge problem. And you want to uh, speak upon that? Sure. I actually have a video out on YouTube about police suicide and making the decision. And I sort of lay it out there as either turning left or right when you're laying in bed at night. You turn left and go to sleep, or do you turn right and get your gun? And there's times people have to make that decision. And you know, there's, we've all been there. We've all seen things we shouldn't see. We've all lived through things we shouldn't live through. And, you know, people say, oh, you're central Pennsylvania. You, you haven't seen, I've never been shot at. No, but I've seen dead kids in cars. I've seen babies shoved between couches of cushions killed. There, there's a lot you see. You said my best friend committed suicide and the video I put out and 
you know, I first got to say that whatever I'm saying is me, not Pennsylvania State Police, because that's their big thing. So I put the video out. And at first I was worried about having it out there, PSP wise, because it did talk about, you know, a lot with suicide. And I pulled it back down and I got a phone call maybe an hour after I pulled it down from a guy out near Philadelphia. And he said, hey, where'd your video go? I said, I, I just don't know if I'm ready to have that out there. And he said, no, you don't realize I went to work this morning and I ran into one of our midnighters and he said, um, he, I could see the signs of what you were talking about. So I took him to breakfast and I sat down and I just showed him your video. And he said, wow, I didn't realize that's where I was at, how close I was. And he said, your video saved his life. So I put it wow. back. And, you know, I, I've, as I said, I've had guys call me and they said, hey, I was at the bottom of a bottle and your group saved me from the bottom of that bottle. And we get people that come into our group all the time and they're like, why isn't this more police related, more serious? Our humor sometimes is what keeps you from doing that. You know, you have somebody to reach out to and we can attack each other. There's times there's attacking in that group. The Washington, D.C. Capitol Police thing is one. It has caused a divide. It has been a nightmare. <clears throat> and I've had people. But if you go in that group and you say, I am having dark thoughts or I'm having a rough night, you will have 15 guys on you in seconds calling you, talking to you, trying to find you, asking you to go hang out with them just because they realize that that's what the group's for. And I'll get text messages overnight. Hey, did you see this? Hey, you know, we had an officer. He lived a couple of houses up from me that shot and killed somebody. And he had some dark moments and he posted in the group that he needed help. And the guy stepped up. Um, I had challenge coins made that say it's okay to call for backup. You've always been able to call for backup at work. Why can't you call for backup at home when you need help? So I did up these little challenge coins. And every time I've had people call me, can you mail me 10? Can you mail me five? And every every state police barracks I show up to that I haven't been to before, I hand a coin to their state station commander and say, hey, there's going to be a time you're going to need this. Please <clears throat> give this to who needs it. If you need more, let me know. Because, you know, we don't have those. We, you know, in law enforcement, you ask for help. They take your gun and they suspend you. Yes, Sue. Help. <clears throat> if you're a civilian, you're told, hey, you need help, get help. Us? Oh, wait, you're a cancer. We're going to take your gun. We're going to shove you on a desk. We're going to suspend you. You can't ask for help. And it's sad. And I get the point of you got to have people out there that are safe. But if we can't ask for help when we start to cross that line, that's when suicide happens. That's when the decisions happen of drinking and driving and doing something stupid because you can't lean on anybody else. We have to be there for each other. And that was one of the main reasons for the group. We have to be a team. You know, Craig, I, I've met you. We've done numerous shows on uh, suicide. Uh, in fact, we had Marianne DeLuco McGinnis, whose husband was a NYPD sergeant who killed himself, leaving her with three kids to raise by herself. And we've had the amazing Dr. Uh, Stephen Washkel. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a um, mm. suicide prevention expert and great, great guy. We've ha had him on the show numerous times. And um, it's so important that we put this out there and keep it alive because that's what ultimately is going to keep cops alive. And, you know, I was in, uh, not to talk about myself, but I was in homicide for 10 years and I saw some heinous, horrendous things. And, you know, one of the ways you cops do deal with things is, you know, let's go out for a drink mm -hmm. together and talk about this, you know. And uh, we even, I asked Dr. Washkel, is it all right to go out for a drink? And, you know, he goes, of course it is. He goes, as long as it's not a four to four every time you work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you gotta put you out there, if you're out there and you need somebody to talk to, um, call Bill. What's your, I'm going to give you his number. <laughs> 20 he's available 20 yeah, you can hours. you can always write us at uh an email at police off the cuff one and if it's really uh an emergency we'll we'll get to back to you immediately i check my email well, no, actually you know what i was talking to somebody yesterday um through a facebook messenger and she's been through it she's one of our um frequent guests on the show uh in the chat and um she's going through some hard times she's thinking about making a move uh, out here, and I was helping and telling her about rent and stuff like that. But this is just through Facebook Messenger, one of the fans. 
and she's telling me about all this. She's a former military, and she's going through some stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she wants it out there. But we're here. We're really here. So uh, feel free to reach out to us anytime. 100%. Listen, there's um Holy Land fan. My husband took his life in 1986. I'm very sorry to hear that. My son was seven. He had a severe alcohol problem. A lot of times, you know, that's uh, a sign of uh, asking for help is a big alcohol problem. Isn't that right, Craig? Yes. Yes. And that, you know, my best friend that committed suicide, none of us wanted to see it. None of us wanted to, to know that it was there because we wanted to ignore it. We're police officers. We, we, we just go out and we hang out and nothing's ever wrong. And I guess I missed the sign when he said to me, his daughter said to me, we were driving down the road and we passed a beer distributor. And she said, that's where my daddy gets his juice to drink it every morning at 7.30. And I should have started to pick up on the things. And uh, I was working one night as a trooper before I made rank. And I was out and we went to dinner one night with another good friend of mine. And we were just hanging out. And he said, his girlfriend had broke up with him. And he said, boy, I shouldn't have this gun on my hip. It's just not a good night. And... I left and I got thinking, well, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. So I called the corporal on duty and I said, hey, just a heads up. This is what was said to me. Uh, I don't know what to do with it, but I needed to let you know. We showed up at a domestic about an hour later and the guy I did this to came up to me and he goes, dude, did you call the corporal? I said, yeah. I said, flat out, I'm not doing this again. He goes, what do you mean? So I'm not watching another person commit suicide. I'm not doing this. And he looked at me and he said, no, I wasn't going to bitch at you. I was going to thank you. I didn't think about what I said and how far I was out there. Thank you for, for saying that. I'm going to talk to Matt, which I remember his assistant. I needed help. And normally, what would I have done? Ignored it. Because, no, we're not telling on each other. We can't do that. We're not allowed to do that. But I'm glad I did. And him, we're still good friends now. But I was ready to jump him when, when he said, oh, I thought he was going to say, why would you do that? But, no, he was, he was, he was grateful. You're getting in a lot of other fights outside the hockey rink, I see. <laughs> Every once in a while, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, cool the hockey players. Go ahead, Bill. Allison Rogers, uh, well, she just wrote, this is uh, in reference to a different case, but thank you so much for the $5 super chat. Right now we're um, uh, we're talking about uh, police suicide, and, but thank you, Allison Rogers, for that five dollars super chat. And you were talking about hockey. We actually are hosting our first ever hockey tournament in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, the weekend before St. Patrick's Day. So we're hoping we get a couple teams coming over. We travel well with New Jersey State Police and Vermont, and we're crazy all of us together. And that we we make to, we go to New York for we go to uh, uh, Vaughn, Canada for a tournament every year, and we'll get on the ice, and people are like. How do you guys still win when you're this drunk? <laughs> you got to do something between games. And we actually had a ref. We were at Lake Placid, New York, and we had a water bottle. And we had um, Canadian Club and Gatorade mixed into a, a mix. And the ref came by and said, can I get a drink of water? Well, we gave him that one. <laughs> I guess. You, wanted the call, you wanted the calls to go your way. <laughs> well, he came back later and goes, can I get some more of that? We thought he was going to get more. So, yeah, we, I mean, we have a good time. It's a great thing. But, yeah, hockey, when I when I got into my, my thoughts of suicide and getting away from everything, it was after watching two kids killed in a fatal crash, 140-mile-an-hour collision that two killed, killed two high school kids. And I shut off from everybody. I quit doing everything. And – what got me back to normal was I quit playing hockey. I quit doing everything. I, all of a sudden I got back on the ice and that got me back. I needed something to get me back in my routine. So I said to my wife, did you notice anything? She goes, you quit playing hockey, which is rare. I mean, I'm 44 and I'm still getting on the ice with young kids playing twice a week. She said, you gave it up. And I said, yeah, you're right. But I didn't even notice what I needed to get me back. Once I got back on the ice, things started to come back to normal. But the smell of antifreeze still gives me flashbacks. The crunch of glass under feet still gives me flashbacks. There are things that are always going to trigger you for the rest of your life. If you don't know how to put them and help yourself, you're going to, you're going to roll over to the left instead of the right. Absolutely. You know? yeah. yeah, it's funny how those micro things, um, a smell. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, does anybody really, if you've, if you've ever been to a scene where 
there's been a body laying there for a couple of days. That smell when you walk in, there's nothing. There's nothing like that. You'll never forget that smell. Burnt body from a fire. That's one yeah. of the. That's you know, Craig. Of the, Craig, we were all um, we were all nine eleven first responders, and that building burnt uh, for a couple of weeks afterwards, and we'll never mm-hmm. forget what's described as that World Trade Center smell. You know, in fact, well, that's like the, who. Who was the officer that died that was on TV a lot and lost? You watched him lose the weight, go from the big one of your, you know, one PD specialty guys down to nothing. You watched him to shrink. It was just sad to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's plenty of people. Um, I'm doing a show on the 17th, uh, a 9 11 commemorative show mm-hmm. with the three guys that I was with that day. And just to see, to see how everyone's doing 20 years later, you know, uh, all but one of us are retired from the NYPD, but I think it'll yes, be Yes, Luis Alvarez, that's it. Thank you. Luis Alvarez, yeah. <clears throat> it, uh, it'll be just be interesting. And, you know, many people have real horror stories from uh, 9-11 and have never gotten over it, you know. And yeah. luckily, myself and the three guys that, I, uh, that are going to be on the show with me are all doing pretty well. We have some health problems from it, but <clears throat> we've survived and we're all doing pretty well. And uh, I just want to commemorate commemorate that day and shout out to the i believe it was 33 nypd officers we lost 36 port authority and i think 343 and uh, fdny so there was and that no- was sad too that you're the year i saw that your your state your your city and your agency sort of tried to deny a lot of the cancer and other causes that came from 9-11 it was sad to watch that fight that you guys had to fight well, you know, it's amazing how celebrity John Stewart deserves a tremendous amount of credit yes. for getting that push through yeah. because, you know, a, a celebrity, that's what we needed. We needed a celebrity. All these people dying of cancer wasn't good mm-hmm. enough, but I shout out to John Stewart for doing what he did. It was fantastic. My mom just threw in there. That's my mom, Lynn, that just commented there. She she helps run the golf tournament for us. We have a golf tournament October 12th in Pottstown, PA. It's a Tuesday. My, and that's my thing. <clears throat> it wasn't just me. My mom stepped up and took over a golf tournament and college scholarship committee. My dad stepped up and started getting involved with the clothing and the shipping and making sure that our store was up and running and running trailers. And, he, you know, he does quite a bit. So it's been it's not just me. They jumped right into to make sure that everything continued to flow. Right. I got your whole family on the bottom of the screen there. So. uh yeah, you can, see, you can see it. So I'm going to remove them now, but they were famous for about 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to do a comedy show up there, let us know. Actually, we up. have our big we have our dinner coming up um, is April 3rd at the FOP in Philadelphia. And we actually were just talking about trying to get a comedian to come just for a short period during the dinner. We have a we have the usually Philly sends their. That's pipe. what I do. That's what Bill does. Um, yeah. I came back from Nashville. We did the attack ops. There's a for the, they do one for SWAT. They do one for EMS, and uh, it's it's a trade show plus all these different type of uh, lectures and training that goes on for three days. It was in Nashville, so uh, I just came back from that telling jokes there. So if you go, you want you guys putting something together up there. I'm telling you. Yeah, we're already we're already scheduled for that. That event's been scheduled. And what we do is we it's it's a full dinner. We have uh, all kinds of silent auctions and we usually get about 200, 300 people. We were in Staten Island one year and it went really well. It's just so damn expensive <laughs> to have the dinner there that Philly wow. treats us really well. They give us a heck of a discount and there's a bar right next door. So we go there and we hang out. We have our dinner. We go to the bar after and everybody hangs out. And my wife actually saw the Elio only connection there. Cause I was, you know, she always hears the stories of what, what we've done and what this and that. And she's always like, eh, well, we went over to the bar after and an officer came up to me and off duty. And he says, Hey, uh, thought I'd let you know, I flew up from Arizona for this dinner. And I'm like, Holy cow. He goes, you don't realize what your group has done for Phoenix PD. And I thought he was going to say the food sucked. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, no, no, I don't. Yeah, well, the next, you know, the next day you got to go for cheesesteak. You're in Philly. That's right. You got to hit that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could, I could not let that 
<laughs> potential to tell a joke go yeah <laughs> but yeah april 3rd's our big dinner and, and we'd love to have you guys as guests if you'd like to come oh man i'd love to come i'd love to come. and i said it's a great night and we just <laughs> we have the pipe and drums a buddy of mine who's a uh lieutenant with the state police for us is going to do some singing he's excellent and then we're mark looking- you know mark always wanted to know what those um the the bagpipers wear underneath those kilts i don't want to know Yeah, hey, uh, Ron, he gave us a ten dollars super chat, but he says, "Rest in peace, Detective Luis Alvarez, who I grew up with." In the story, by the way, he's a childhood uh, a friend of mine. Uh, we we grew up together in the same neighborhood. And April second, my mom corrected me. Yeah, your mom corrected you. Mom's she's always correct. Yeah, she's still she's, correcting she's you. Ron Stewart for fighting for us. Uh, that's from Duty Ron. That's great. Uh, you know, actually, I was corrected by MC's audio that I had it incorrect. 23 NYPD officers died on 9-11. One, and I, I believe 23 it was, too many. Yeah, and I think it was 36 Port Authority officers. So I know that, you know, as, I mean, 20 years, it's it's amazing that that many years have gone by since then. You, you have like 19 years on the job, almost 20? The 20 in January, I'll be completed. That's our, when we can, we can retire with 50%, but I do tw- five more years, I'll make 75%. So I'm hanging around for at least five more. Yeah, we, we kind of sort of have that too with the uh, 60th. We, you get an extra $1,000 a month if you stay till 25. Well, on, on the my tier, I think Bill's tier as well. But um, yeah, I would stay to tw- 25 too. That money comes in handy. Yeah, yeah, we get 75% of your highest year after 25 years. It's it's a great retirement. And we just got a new contract that just went through a couple months ago. So we're glad we got a little bit of a raise coming up. Well, what, what kind of area are you in? I live at Penn State. So everybody want, if somebody wants to come watch a great place to watch a football game, wow. 107,000 fans, especially night games. If you've never been to a Penn State night game, it is amazing. Like just you start drinking, uh, you start hanging out at eight o'clock in the morning, and you go into the game at eight o'clock at night. How many? How many games have you been to Penn State games? I have season tickets. Oh wow! Wow. And I also have season tickets to Penn State hockey. So, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, man. If you haven't been to one, let me know because we that that is probably something you can never experience again. You walk in there, the echo of that building, or that arena. I would love to see that. I would love to see so, that. So I live here, and then I work out of Harrisburg, which is an hour and a half drive for me to get to work, uh, 88 miles one way. Um, I started my career as trooper, of course, made corporal, and I was the uh, number one DUI enforcer in Troop F at the time. I have over 450 DUI arrests. I'm a drug recognition expert. And then I finally went to the Bureau of Life, which was I run basically all the – computer programs in the car, the crash programs, the citation programs, the mobile office environment, the car is mine. I'm actually making a change to um, another section in less than a month. I'm going to be running more of the hardware side. So I've made my time running around and done it. And it was time to get off the road. I'm home every night for the kids. I, um, I don't have to worry about working evenings unless there's a DRE call out or, the new position I'm going to will be the mobile command unit, which is major incident. I'll start doing those again. So looking forward to a change, but I'm also looking forward to six more years and, you know, having that ability to retire when I'm ready. But with the kids in hockey, I read a story. I saw a post on Facebook the other day. It was, a, it was an, uh, an island, a, a private island. And it said, this could be us, but my kids in travel hockey. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and that's my thing. Whatever they want to do, they have. They can, I don't, you know, whatever sports they want to play, you know, I, I want my kids to enjoy the life that, that they can. And my, I told my wife, I'm retiring five years. How old are your kids? Well, she just turned nine and he just turned six. Okay. So I, I coached baseball the same way you coached hockey. And, uh, you know, the leagues that I used to play in and the travel teams, we used to have like a major league draft for like these little, you know, eight-year-olds, and I, I hated that. I, I never, I never pitched the, I never picked the kid who could hit the best, pitch the best, or was like the biggest kid for his age. I always said to myself, you know what? If that kid's got a hot mom, he could be on my team. <laughs> you know, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't win too many, too many games, but Daddy was had a good batting average. I'll yeah. Tell you. <laughs> well, that's like I when I coached up at Altoona, they asked me when I was up there, hey, do you want to help? I said, sure. So I was had 
two kids that just weren't as good as the rest. And what I'd always do at the end of the scrimmage was give them the puck and say, go, 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 go. Then they they light up. Uh, It's that one kid smiling, leaving the ice. You want him to come back. You know, one time I had this kid come up to me and he goes, hey, coach, I want to try pitching. And, like, this kid had no business pitching. Like, (laughs) like, you know, he was a kid he stuck in right field. But his parents paid the money. I didn't care. I wanted to see what could happen. So I put him in to pitch. And what did you know? He was throwing these high balls. (laughs) They they would go so high, but they would land in the strike zone. And the other team, they couldn't hit the ball. And uh, we wound up striking them out and winning the game. And um, (laughs) the other coach came up to me after the game. He goes, hey, what was that all about? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, that kid with the throwing like that, you know, like that's not, you know, you shouldn't do that. That's not right. And I'm like, the kid wanted to pitch. So I let him pitch. He paid his money. Let him pitch. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you but know, something, yep. though, you know, with juvenile sports, too, sometimes kids that aren't good when they're younger become really good when they get to high school. You know, it doesn't mean that because you're a superstar at, you know, junior league stuff that you're going to be a superstar when you get older, you know? Well, that's like I've always heard the line. Other than Wayne Gretzky, if, the, if you ask any pro player if what they scored when they were on the 8U or 10U team, they're not going to be able to tell you because it's not about scoring goals there. It's about development, helping the kids find their potential and not worrying about losing and making them have fun. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. that's what the kid's going to remember if he had fun, if you made mm-hmm. it a positive experience. No one's go- – Going to the pros out of a no. eight-year-old hockey league, and, but the and parents, I the, the parents I are watched, the fault, you know. Oh yeah, I watched the video the other day. It was a little kid, and he's got a box, and he's got this. There's a his coach. He's a black guy with dreads, and he's down on one knee, and the kid's giving him a paper that says, "Thank you for making me love football again." And the cup said, "Greatest coach ever." And the connection you saw from them was like, "That's what you want." that kid's never going to forget him. Right. You know, you know what's funny that you say that is that uh, a lot of kids, when they look back about uh, high school, they couldn't tell you who their, their favorite teacher was, but they'll tell you who the coach was. Oh, yeah. Nobody ever forgets the coach. You well, know, I anyway. high school. Grace, Grace Green, thank you so much for that $50 <laughs> super chat. I thought we were getting almost semi-skunked tonight, but thank you so much. It's very much appreciated. And uh, you must be from Pennsylvania. <laughs> but thank you so much grace that's very generous you know, of you. you know what the, the most the, be, the best thing that comes out of that sport like my son was a pitcher <laughs> you know and he played in a very competitive you know he, he his his high school team won the city championships here in new york they played in yankee stadium but when you're on the mound and you got to face bases loaded you know that's a little challenge there <laughs> and that helps you with life whether you win or lose in that situation you face it um, yep. And that's one of those things that you get out of sports, you know? Well, you know, it's funny. My oldest son was a real, a, a pretty good wrestler. He was two-time all-section. And my youngest son saw the ceilings of more gyms because he was <laughs> he was on his back getting pinned every time. And it was hard to keep him interested because he was getting killed, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, I, that's one thing. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go. <laughs> and that's one thing I don't want. <clears throat> a buddy of mine was a heck of a wrestler all through high school. His junior year, he finally quit because his dad made him be at a tournament every weekend wrestling. Finally, his junior year, he just said, that's it. I'm done. So I told my kids, as long as you're having fun, I don't care. You can play. Yeah, you know, wrestling is is the parents. <clears throat> like, you always got to go back to the parents. <clears throat> the nuttiest parents I've ever met. We're wrestling parents. Because <laughs> Pennsylvania you know, is a big wrestling state. It's great. I know it is. My son used to go to tournaments in Pennsylvania, and I would be, you know, I got crazy too, just from osmosis. You know, how's your weight? Did you do this? Did you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't drink that. You know, I I became crazy too. You know, funny story about wrestling. I, they gave me some DUI overtime one night, and I was running around State College, and I got a truck running a red light. So I pull it over and I walk up. The name was familiar. And I'm like, Taylor, 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 Taylor. So I Google it while I'm sitting in the car, figuring out if I want to write him a citation. And I walk back up to the car. Here he's the Penn State national champion, Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, he just won the gold medal in the last 15 seconds, too. Well, I walked up to his car and I said, I'll tell you what. He said, what? I said, 
if you have your gold medal on you, I'll give you a warning. He's like, I'll go home and get it. I said, no, <laughs> I'm not going to give you a citation. Yeah, that's nice. That, that's, that's unbelievable. That is amazing. You know, I, you know, it's a pleasure talking to you. You're, you're a great man. I mean, you're doing so many things. Uh, obviously, besides your job, you've really given back. Joe Murray is in the chat now. He he wrote, I loved wrestling, but Joe Murray was was a a, a PBA boxer. <laughs> He went all over, over the world. He was fighting Irish guys in, in Dublin <laughs> and uh, fighting detectives in the 10th squad, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, I just got to say, man, I love watching guys wrestling. The way, I didn't mean to say it. No, that's not the way. Yeah, I was, I was worried for me. We don't want to look at your browsing history, do we? Your favorites? <laughs> I told you he wanted to know what was under those kilts. Uh, maybe wrestling in kilts. I have to look at that browsing history after tonight. You might look that up now. Uh, all you folks in the chat from Australia, from uh, I just someone from Wales. I was like, this is unbelievable. I love it though. You know, uh, Pennsylvania people, of course, are in the chat. Uh, all you folks, thank you so much for becoming um, police off the cuff fans. You know, guys, we also besides. Um, Doing police off the cuff. We have a Patreon. If you want to join our Patreon for extra um, content, for seven dollars a month, we you're called the bucket. For nine dollars a month, you get to polish my rack, and for eleven dollars a month, you dipped you dipped in butter. I won't say what part, what anatomical parts dipped in butter, but that's the most popular uh, uh, the, a tier of our Patreon. Yeah, you can dip uh, whatever you want in butter, and also too. Uh, yeah, please. If if you're enjoying the show, and you want to help us out, check out the Patreon. We got Mike um, Cologne on board right now. He's he's booking our guest, and he's part of the family now. We got to freaking pay his ass now. That's right. We got a high. We, we're getting bigger, so we got you know, we just hit twelve thousand subscribers, almost twelve thousand five hundred subscribers on our YouTube, and we're going to be we, growing. Well, we'd be happy we, to give you a page on the Lodge app too, if you guys. Oh, want. that that would be cool. That would be People cool. Jesse SX. Jesse SX, thank you so much for the 499 super chat. We are the champions, USA. Yes, we are. And you know, folks, uh, we need you to help support law enforcement on a national level. And that's why we bring on these great guests like Craig to talk about what they're doing. And what he's doing is so unselfish, but it's so important because we need the support, not just in Pennsylvania, but on a national level. The police definitely need support. Uh Lieutenant Peter Pranzo, Harlem Raiders. Thanks, Lieutenant Pete. I, I didn't see Richella. I know she's in the chat somewhere, but uh, there are there are a couple of uh, the Pranzos, and uh, they actually went to see uh, what's it, what's Hootie and the Blowfish. What's his name again? Oh. They, they went to his concert the other night. I can't think of his yeah, real name. That was so cool. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. You, you know, I won't say how old they are, but they're still going to rock concerts. That's fantastic. Hey, um- don't forget to give it up for Grace Green. She uh, gave us a $50 super chat. Thank you so much. Larry Bennett, amen. Amen, Bill. We need all the support we can Darius get Rucker, for 100%. Man. Darius Rucker. I lo- he's great, too. What a great voice, you know. Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. Rock me, mama, any way you feel. Hey, mama, rock me. That wasn't his song, yeah. but he sings it. He does a good Rumor job. Rumor is Lee Bryce has given us a nice donation for the golf tournament. I guess we'll see. Nice country artists always back law enforcement. I've always liked That's that. That's cool. That's cool. you, you hope they do the country guys because yeah. they're, they're supposed to be down home, you know, real people type stuff. Mark, any last words? No, I just wanted to say thank you uh, for coming on and joining us. Um, Craig, this was a really special episode. We really appreciate it. Oh, uh, you guys thank- really Craig, great. thank you uh, so much for coming on. And uh, I'm glad you're still playing hockey at the age of 44. Uh, I will tell you how old I am, but I definitely <laughs> couldn't play. I couldn't play. I never did play hockey. I was a football and a basketball player, but uh, I'm a little too banged up to play anything now. I still, when I lift weights now, I'm like, I, I, I'm using a real wimpy weights. I can't because my shoulders are all screwed up from a lifetime of lifting weights, you know? Cold and just so you guys, just so you guys know, the, the Elio only website is, doesn't have a lot of clothes on it right now because we're in the middle of remodeling and, uh, trying to get into a bigger storefront because we have a lot of stuff. We had bought all of our clothes for police week, 10 city last year, and they canceled it. So I have an overload of clothing. 
and we have to rearrange to get to it. So if anybody goes on our site, you're not going to see clothing. You'll see all of our raffle tickets and things like that. And we're actually looking at doing a Corvette raffle coming up because we uh, we want to try to raise money to finally get a vehicle for Elio only in its own instead of me burning. Corvette? Yeah, we're looking at a Corvette to do oh, a yeah, raffle. I love Corvettes, man. I'm in. Yeah, we're, we're looking at doing one. We got a nice deal on one, so we're going to hopefully going to do that. We'll- yeah, I grew up in I'm from New York. I love Corvettes. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in the eighties. Yeah, I love. I'm, I'm in. Uh, let me know. I'm, I, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in on that raffle. Boxing MMA. Thanks, Sergeant Bill and Detective Mark, and the great guest, Sergeant Poland. That's not Poland Springs. He's not related to that that, that water. Company. I wish. But <laughs> yeah, you're right. You'd, you'd be loaded if you were related yeah. to that. Anyway, folks, thank you so much on behalf of Mark DeMeo and Bill Cannon for Police Off the Cuff After Hours and Sergeant Craig Poland from the Pennsylvania State Police and Law Enforcement Only. Thank you so much for watching. Good night, everyone.